You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, I was kind of teetering on the am I going to do a boom roasted segment, and uh, this was kind of the final deciding factor that I am not. Um, (laughs) So I was looking at some of the biggest complete collapses in NFL history hoping that what I would find is a bunch of Falcons games. And I'm still kind of messing with this whole search thing that I found. Um, It's a little, I don't want to say clunky, but it's just there's so many, it's hard to kind of put into words what it is I want you to show me. But anyways, I found one that was really, really bad. It was one of the worst of all time, at least in terms of, I guess what I found in the search. What the search ended up being was, Games in which you had a lead, and you lost, and the other team scored a ton of points in the fourth quarter. One of the worst of all time was the Falcons over the Packers. September 13th, 1981. Obviously, this is before I was born and graced the franchise with my presence, since when we have been a very good franchise, obviously. But the Packers were leading 17-0 after the third quarter. Take a wild guess what the final score was. Oh, Bart Starr, I love you so much, man. But things were rough, brother. Final score, Green Bay Packers 17, Atlanta Falcons 31. (laughs) They scored 31 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Um, Wow. Pretty wild. But I had a thought. I've been trying pretty hard to funnel all you fine people over to what is called Flick Chat. And I see I'm up to seven, so while I was sleeping, some of you guys went over there. So thank you for that. I'm, I'm extremely pumped about this Flick Chat thing. It's kind of like, remember how I'm like an old fogey all of a sudden, and I don't know when that happened, but it, it's officially a thing. And you all were talking about, hey, you should get a Discord. And I was like, yeah, man, wh- what's that? This is similar in that it's just a big giant group chat, but I believe it was created by the creators of, or by the people who own FanDuel. And basically it's 100% geared towards sports. And so the cool thing is, you've got um, a chat where we can all hang out that has actual like statistics in it. So while the game is live, and I put a video up of this so you can actually see it, it's in the Facebook group and whatnot. But you've actually got the Packers and Falcons game going live, and it's going to update in the chat what the score is, what the last play was. You can click on all the stats as they're going on, the matchup, the box score, the play-by-play. It's right in this Flick Chat chat thing. I've also got, you know, different discussions or, or things that you got in there. I've got polls set up. I've also got, very interestingly, 
a second Iron Jock Player of the Game entry. So if you go in there, you can have one on the Facebook page. You're going to get your second entry here. Now, if you want to put the same name down, you can. On the off chance it's somebody that said it a thousand times, then you double your chances, because not everybody that says it wins, depending on how many people say the right name. Or you could just say a second name and double your odds of getting the right person. Anyways, coming back to the um, Boom Roasted segment, after the Falcons, when we have a new game revved up, which obviously we got the buy, so it's going to be a while, I'm going to create a little discussion that's called Boom Roasted. And I'll set up a new one every week, just like I'll have a new Iron Jock and all this different stuff set up every week. And you can just throw stuff in there. So right now I've got Iron Jock player of the game, I've got memes, I've got introduce yourself, and I've got a poll set up. I just, I don't know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, um, as I mentioned in my little video, I'm going to be kind of a jerk about it. Meaning, because I get a bunch of messages from all over the place, love hearing from you message me on flick chat all right that's where i want that to all be centralized a big part of the reason i'm doing that by the way it's a relative i don't I actually don't even think it's new because i'm pretty sure i've had this for a while but fan to fan network is pushing it and when you search on there i don't see anything for packers and that just as soon as i searched and nothing came up for packers i said all right i'm i'm gonna be the packers guy on flick chat that's it i've made up my mind and so that is my new 1000 percent focus but it's going to be fun. Check it out. If you hate it, you can feel free to leave. But I doubt you will. All right. So no boom roasted. We've established that. Sorry about that. I'm, I mean, look, they they suck, right? <laughs> what do you want to do? Boom roasted. There you go. 28-3, boom roasted. We can add to that uh, 26-3, boom roasted. That was the lead they had over the Chicago Bears just last week. Or 26-10. 39-24, that was, I think, the biggest lead they had over Dallas, boom roasted. Seattle smashed your face, you're 0-3, boom roasted. I, you know, I don't know, man. It's, it's all I got for now. Getting flick chat, we'll come back at them for, uh, for the Buccaneers. Um, instead, I want to kind of talk about what we saw yesterday. I mentioned that uh, we were primed for a bunch of upsets, and I, th I think we saw a bunch. And um, we're very close to seeing a bunch more. The Eagles over the 49ers, I mean you kind of had to a little bit see it coming, right? You knew the Eagles weren't going to just be that bad forever. Not that they're a good team, but, I mean, it just, 49ers are super banged up. As I said, the Eagles are the better team. They have the better roster, but they figured it out. Carolina beat Arizona, which I'm really upset I didn't just commit to that one. I told you I wanted to because I think Arizona's not very good and they're overrated. And if it was any team but Carolina, I'd be picking them over Arizona. But Carolina's pure garbage. Sure enough, Carolina just smoked Arizona. Why? Arizona's defense is a joke. And Arizona's offense is way worse than I had said. Basically, it's a quarterback that's not very good, but he runs fast. Against one of the worst defenses in football, they could only put up 21 points. So good on Carolina for helping to prove my point that Arizona is massively overrated. Cincinnati pulled it out. I was happy to see that. I think that was what I picked, and it was kind of a coin toss. But again, oh no, it says I picked Jacksonville. I was rooting for Cincinnati all day because I said I picked Cincinnati. What the heck? Cleveland beat Dallas. Dude, what is going on? I swear on all things I picked Cleveland. Did I not say on this podcast Cleveland was going to beat Dallas? Am I just, am I on drugs I was going to come on here and brag that I was going to be the only person that picked Cleveland in this entire group, and instead, like, five people did, and it wasn't me. Whatever. I, 
I think the stupid thing just didn't save my picks is what happened. Now I'm not happy. But anyways, I said it would happen. That's good enough for me. Detroit disappointed me massively. They had the Saints on the ropes. They were pummeling them, and then they just completely collapsed because they're garbage. Minnesota will get to, but um, it's, it's kind of funny. And this is, well, we'll, we'll, we'll skip it for now because I want to come back to the NFC North. But I thought Seattle was about to drop to Miami. Again, another game that was about to be an upset. Really upset Tampa Bay pulled it out in the end. But at the same time, extremely happy that the Chargers almost beat Tampa. The Chargers are such a weird team because there are certain people, and I believe I parroted them. I don't remember what I say anymore. I can't remember what I said yesterday, apparently. So I'm not going to make any predictions. But I, I know I at least alluded to the fact that Kansas City beating the Chargers would not be a guarantee because the Chargers always play them tough. There's just something about the way they play defense. They also completely wrecked us, despite being a bad team last year. And they nearly, it's like they only play good teams well. Otherwise, they're just pure trash. I don't understand it. This obviously wasn't their defense, because Tampa Bay put up 38 points. But then again, everybody's putting up 30, 40 points in these games, because defenses are just a joke these days. But anyways, it would have been nice to see the Chargers just wreck Tampa Bay. But of course, Tom Brady's doing Tom Brady things. And as I said, no idea who I picked, because apparently CBS Pick and Pool just decided to pick whoever. But... I know I said at the end of the day, despite being kind of on the fence about it, I'm going with the veteran quarterback over the not-so-sure guy. And sure enough, on the final potential game-winning drive, Justin Herbert threw a, a pick to end the game. So Baltimore was, I mean, I'm in my survivor pool, I'm not really using any strategy except survive for the week. So I just went Baltimore over Washington. This is by far the farthest I've ever made it in a survivor pool. So at this point, I'm just picking the biggest gimmies I can find. That one was never really in doubt. So pretty wild and crazy. And, and the thing that kind of makes you nervous is you see some of these games and you kind of start to wonder about Packers-Falcons. And the, the biggest thing is I don't think there's really any upsets that you couldn't see coming at least a little bit. Again, San Francisco-Philly, you can kind of see coming. You wouldn't have expected it. And I don't think, you know, in 10 games it happens more than like twice. But again, it, it's the better roster and the 49ers are completely decimated. I mean, if the 49ers didn't have so many injuries, it never would have been this close. They just, they would have wrecked the Falcons, but it is what it is, right? Carolina, Arizona is probably the biggest upset in terms of I never saw it coming, except for the fact that, you know, again, Arizona is wildly overrated. I'm just shocked that Carolina put up that many points against them. But it kind of makes you wonder, Packers, Falcons, is this sort of like Baltimore, Washington, where it's like, nah, the best team's going to win, or Seattle-Miami, or is this a little bit more upset territory like San Francisco-Philly where you would expect the Packers to win, but you could you could see it happening. And I kind of think, and I, it doesn't mean we're going to lose, but I kind of think we're at least in that territory of, eh. And the only reason I even bother to bring that up is everyone keeps talking trap game, and the thing that annoys me about trap games is you can see them coming. You know what a trap game looks like. And it kind of looks like this. And usually a trap game happens when players or somebody kind of takes their foot off the gas and they're like, oh, this will be easy. And I know, it, well, that should never happen. Yeah, but it does. I have to assume, though, the Packers are not taking it easy on the Falcons. They know for a fact, when you got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan and even Gurley, who's been playing like garbage, but it's still Todd Gurley, and some of these pretty solid offensive linemen and... You know, I don't know that there's too many people outside of Grady Jarrett that scare you, but I just, I really hope that there's not a single human being that plays for the Green Bay Packers that's like, dude, we got this in the bag. 
because the Falcons are, I mean, we've seen it every week with the exception of maybe the, the Seahawks. The Falcons get out on the field and they just absolutely obliterate teams. And it's only last second heroics that has made the Falcons 0-3 as opposed to 2-1. and And the last thing the Packers need is to be called frauds all over again because they got exposed by the Falcons. And I've been saying it all along. It's really just a matter of if the Packers, shuddy, if the Packers just play their game, no trap game. There's no trap. Just do what you do. And what I mean by that, when the let me let me just pull up a couple things real quick to illustrate what I'm talking about. Some of the worst games, the, the two worst graded games for the Packers, not surprisingly, were against the San Francisco 49ers. Now, things could have gone, and well, there's no guarantee we win if a couple guys play better, but in games like that, critical games against really good opponents, you need your best players to really put their best foot forward. In Week 12, the Packers against the 49ers, Kenny Clark was the second lowest graded player on the entire team. Kenny Clark got absolutely wrecked in that game. And it's not because they have an elite offensive line. Again, they, they do some really impressive things. This is not that good of an offensive line. A guy like Kenny Clark, there's no excuses. you got to go out there and just start blowing people up. That's what elite defensive linemen, elite players do. They go out and they make differences. They don't get absolutely embarrassed in football games. I love Kenny, but this is the kind of stuff where it's like, you can't do that in games like this. Likewise, who was the worst graded offensive player against the 49ers? It was Aaron Rodgers. His grade was a 39.4. Horrific. You can't do that stuff, man. Well, he was under constant... Okay, whatever. By the way, the highest graded offensive player in that game was a 66.8, Devontae Adams. That's terrible. So the bottom line is, with the exception of two players on defense, Zadarius and somebody else, I think it was Tyler Lancaster, nobody showed up. Nobody showed up. Everybody was terrible. And it's not because the 49ers are that good. That's ridiculous. It's not like every team they went up against just completely fell apart. No, pretty much just the Packers. In the second meetup with the 49ers, the only real good defensive player was Kingsley Kiki, who was on the field 10 times. There were six players that graded out as average. Everybody else was below average, terrible, garbage, putrid, pathetic. The list of players that were horrible against the 49ers in the playoffs. Blake Martinez, Preston Smith, Tremont Williams, Kevin King, Jair Alexander, Kyler Fackrell, Adrian Amos, B.J. Goodson, Dean Lowry, Darnell Savage, Montrevious Adams, Will Redmond, and Tyler Lancaster. All of them got worked. You can't do that. Jair and Kevin King both playing terrible in that game. And that that's kind of what I'm talking about, where it's like, well, you know, they're really good at certain things. List to me the number of elite wide receivers they have on their team. That would embarrass Kevin King and Jair Alexander in a game. They don't have them. No excuse for that. Against the Chargers, you got guys like Brian Balaga just getting lit up. Elton Jenkins was terrible in that game. David Bakhtiari was bad in that. You remember how badly Aaron Rodgers got beat in that game? I mean, brutalized that Chargers game? Well, they got Bosa. Yeah, how many positions does Bosa play? Because the entire offensive line apparently went out drinking the night before. Nobody showed up. Highest graded offensive lineman was Billy Turner. He was the only guy apparently that didn't. Maybe that's why everybody loves Billy Turner. Everybody else went out drinking. Billy Turner didn't. He's the only guy that wasn't terrible in that entire game along the offensive line. Defense, for the most part, was pretty solid, but not Jair. He went out with the boys. Jair was horrible. Kevin King was dominant. Zadarius, Kenny, Tremont. It was, it was almost perfect in terms of here's the big, here's the guys you need to step up. Zadarius and Kenny and Kevin and all these 
These guys that we drafted early, super talented, we need them. Jair? Nah. That's the thing, though. You can't have these games where key pieces are just like, I'm not playing today. That's how we lose games. The offensive line and Jair don't show up. We get embarrassed by the Chargers. That's all it took. Everybody else was pretty good. Eagles game, Zadarius was horrible. The only two guys on defense that showed up for the Eagles game was Kevin King and B.J. Goodson. See, that one redeemable thing about Kevin King is that apparently when everybody else plays like garbage, Kevin King steps up. I think Kevin King and uh, Billy Turner are the two guys that don't go out drinking on uh, party nights. But again, that that it's kind of a good thing that that's the only thing that kind of scares me, right? We just need Jair to keep it up, man. I'm not asking you to be the best lockdown corner in all of football, but please just don't put up, put up one of these horrible games again. Just don't have a terrible game. Be a respectable starting corner in the NFL. Give up a couple passes, that's fine, man. Everybody does it. No big deal. Don't just not show up, though. Because this is the game where if all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, I'm just not feeling it today, we're going to get just completely run over. Same with Kevin. Like, if you guys can just be good as though, you know, you're a first and second round pick, I think we got it, man. And let's not play stupid, Packer fans, like we don't know exactly what I'm talking about. We've seen some horrific, horrific things. The Packers are famous for having really, really good offenses and defenses that allow record-setting performances. I just don't want that. I don't want to hear about how Julio Jones broke this record and Matt Ryan broke this passing record and Calvin Ridley had his best game ever. Because Kevin King and Jair are just like, uh, I'm not feeling it today. Or how the worst running team in football, suddenly Todd Gurley had his breakout performance, 175 yards and three touchdowns. Whatever. I just don't want that. Kenny comes back from injury, but, you know, might as well have sat this one out. I don't want that. Play up to your level of play. Because, again, we have all the pieces we need to win a Super Bowl. Zadarius and Preston and Rashawn and Kenny... Savage and Amos and Jair and Kevin King and the offense, if they just keep going, and I'm not saying you got to put up 40-something every week. Again, the defense is, I'm assuming, maybe not, maybe this noise thing really is just, maybe defenses really just get revved up by noise, or offenses really just get thrown off by that much by having noise issues. I don't know. I doubt it, because then it would be a massive difference based on home and away. There's not this big of a difference. Right, everybody's home record would be basically be undefeated. So I, I don't necessarily think, un- unless it's just all noise. Like home and away, just give me some kind of noise in my ears. Even if it's like a whisper with Peyton Manning keeping this place quiet. As long as there's people here, I'm fired up, man. I don't know, that, that whole theory doesn't exactly work for me, but maybe to some degree. But the odds that it's the Falcons defense that suddenly figures it out this week, unlike everybody else, pretty low odds. Just got the official update, by the way, if it was ever in doubt, by Tom Pelissero. Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones, hamstring and Calvin Ridley ankle, both both listed as questionable, will play tonight against the Packers per source. So if there was any hope or doubt or whatever, just uh, don't worry about it because they're playing. And, And, I mean, look, it is what it is, man. Packers are the better team. They have a better defense than the Falcons. They have a better offense than the Falcons. It's the Packers' game to lose. The problem is... Packers have lost a couple of those. Now, fortunately, they don't generally lose to teams that are worse than them, although the Eagles and Chargers were. But in the games that the Packers lost, and and I know this is a new season, we'll see. But if you look at the Eagles, for example, and the Chargers, 
and the 49ers, one thing they have in common is a very good defensive line that gets after Aaron Rodgers. The commonality, at least between the Eagles and the 49ers, is a really, really potent run game, dominant offensive line, and the Falcons don't really have either of those. They don't have a dominant run-blocking offensive line. They don't have a really good uh, running back, and they don't have an elite Bosa on their team. I think people with the last name of Bosa accounted for three of our four losses last year, at least to some degree. Obviously, I'd take Bosa out of that game in the playoffs. I, I don't think it changes much, but I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just starting to freak out because the game's getting a little closer, but I just I just want guys to keep doing what they're doing. I guess one of the big benefits is it is at home, and I don't know. Again, the noise thing, we'll see, but it does make me feel a lot better. And we, we, we just beat New Orleans in New Orleans, which is something the Packers haven't done in a long time. And we got Devontae back. We're fine. It's fine. I'm just I'm just panicking. I woke up nervous. I'm sorry. I shouldn't put that negative energy on you. That's that's my that's my problem, not your problem. You know what I just thought of? And I'm very sorry that I can't just think things and keep it to myself. I thought of another giveaway I'm going to do. I'm telling you, I got, I got too many of these things to give away. And it's going to cost me a ton of money to ship these things out, but it'll be worth it. It's going to be another Flick Chat giveaway. And I don't know. I'll, I'll explain it when you get in there. But uh, you've got a lot of opportunities. And I'm going to be slowly shutting down opportunities elsewhere. So get in there. It's going to be fun. And I'm going to get my kids involved. It's going to be cool. So let me just, I'll just tell you. They have these things called pixel cheers or whatever. Pixels are like little currencies you get. You start off with 50 and then you can earn them by inviting people. So what I'll do is during the game, if you cheer at the end of the game, I'm going to hand this thing to my kids I'm going to let them pick a cheer, and if you sent that exact one, then you uh, you win. If nobody did, then uh, no winners. I like that idea. Anyways, um, what I want to talk about after the break we're about to take is a look at sort of the NFC North because it's a pretty rapidly shifting landscape. And so I want to kind of just pour through the remaining schedule for each team in the NFC North and kind of see where we're at because I had previously said it really looks like it's going to be Packers-Bears, but as things are shaping up, I'm not entirely sure. Um, some of these teams, Vikings, have a pretty big hole to, to dig themselves out of, but I don't know that it's impossible. But anyways, um, thank you very much to uh, Todd Speck for getting in on Patreon. I really do appreciate the support. If you like the show and you'd want to support me and what I'm doing here, for as little as a buck a month, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. You can help support the podcast. As I've said before, if everybody listening jumped in and gave a dollar a month, I'm done. I wouldn't even need to beg anymore. I would still, because more is better than less. But um, if you could do that actually right now, I'd rather not go in today. <laughs> but this isn't live, so that's fine. It's not going to work. But I appreciate all the support. It's been uh, fairly overwhelming this last couple weeks as i've been pushing it the amount of people that have jumped in to support the show i really do appreciate that but uh, why don't we take a break and we'll come back and take a look at the nfc north as it is being reshaped for those wondering you better believe i'm wearing my iron jock hoodie as we speak it's becoming a daily ritual um i wake up it's kind of cold out the air is just cold now it's just it's a weird thing and i'm guessing it has to do with humidity because the thermostat says the exact same thing no matter what, right? Whether the air conditioning is blasting in summer and it says it's 74 degrees, or if the, the heat is on and it says it's 74 degrees. 74 should be 74, but in one instance I'm waking up sweating, in the other I'm freezing. But anyways, it's currently waking up freezing season. And so I scramble around the house finding my Iron Jock hoodie, and that's what I record in. Because it's super comfortable, and I'm not getting too hot. I just, I love this thing. 
And I'm looking forward to getting you in your Iron Jock hoodie with all these different giveaways. But if you're not wanting to wait, if you just want to try it out, head over to Iron Jock, I-R-O-N-J-O-C.com to check out their line of polo shirts, vests, workout shirts, sweatshirt shorts, socks and underwear, running jacket, hoodies, and pants. Every single piece of clothing has their proprietary silver ion technology, what they call Enduratech fabric infused with silver ion that kills 99.9% of all bacteria and fungus caused by sweating, therefore odor eliminating. What a beautiful thing that is. Whether you're like an active person who's going out running, or you just want to wear the hoodie for like three days straight, sitting on your couch, sweating, eating Cheetos, serves the same purpose, man. I hope to be in both of those categories someday and not just the one. Don't worry about which one. On top of the odor eliminating, it's also wicking and fast drying, breathable and anti-static, which as I've said a million times, anti-static for me. And I don't know if it's just like an up north thing where the air is really dry in winter or what, but if you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. Static is just the worst thing in the world. I hate it, I hate it, and I hate it. On top of that, they've also got Enduratech Plus Fabric, which creates a water-repellent fabric, and they have Enduratech Plus in their long pants, their shorts, hoodies, and their running jacket. So again, I'm happy to get you in one of these hoodies sooner than later, but if you're tired of waiting or if you want something other than a hoodie, which makes sense and I plan on doing the same, make sure you go to Ironjock, I-R-O-N-J-O-C.com. Follow them on Facebook or on Twitter at Ironjock. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, so as it stands right now, we've got the Green Bay Packers at 3-0, and the Chicago Bears at 3-1, and the Vikings at 1-3, and the Detroit Lions at 1-3, and and we can sort of look at uh, point totals to give us a clearer picture here. I had uh, Kyle reach out to me yesterday, and um, 
He asked the question, so are the Vikings the best 1-3 team in the NFL and the Bears the worst 3-1 team? He asked that before they lost, by the way, so kudos, but, I mean, it's the Bears. I think that's a fair assumption, and it's an awesome thing because essentially what it means is the Vikings are probably going to go on to win a bunch more games, but they started the season 0-3, and that sucks. The Bears started 3-0, and they're probably going to lose a bunch more games. So, again, if you look at points, for example, The Green Bay Packers lead in points, having scored 122. The second highest scoring team is the Vikings at 106. Now, this is with that fourth game. So it's hilarious to me that through three games, the Packers have outscored everybody in the NFC North who have played four. If you don't shut up, we're going to have words, my friend. Sorry, children. Earmuffs. Don't say that word. I mean, individually you can say them, but together is not nice. But the, the Vikings are the best offense outside of the Packers in the NFC North, and it's not even all that close. I suppose the Detroit Lions are relatively close. But the other side of that is that the, Pac- the Vikings' defense has allowed 125 points. Net points, in other words, positive minus negative, they're negative 19 right now. Despite having a high-powered offense, their defense is just that much worse. And the problem for the Vikings is that that's not really going to change. So we can look at the Vikings and say, dude, this is not the worst team in the world. They're going to win some games, and that's true. But with a, with a defense this bad, how much can you maintain this? Even if we assume they're going to run through a bunch of teams and they're going to come up with a bunch of wins, when your defense is as bad as it is, and I'm trying to find teams that are worse, 125 points given up so far, Dallas has given up 146, Detroit 127, Houston 126, the Jets 131, Cleveland 126. So, I mean, they're they're among the worst defenses in points in the NFL. You're going to lose some games. So as we look at the the Falcons, or excuse me, the Vikings schedule, as much as they got to feel good about that win, they got a loss coming next week. They have to go to Seattle. And it's look, it's not a guarantee. Seattle almost lost to Miami. Seattle does not. I mean, they've got a terrible defense. The Vikings are going to feast. But so is Seattle. I mean, Vikings-Seattle is similar to Packers-Falcons. Two very good offenses going up against two terrible defenses. It's in Seattle. The Seahawks offense, I think, is better. And arguably, the, the Vikings defense is worse. So if we assume that, they're 1-4. Let's say they go on to beat the Falcons. They're... Two and four, lose to the Packers again. They're two and five. Let's say they go on an absolute tear. We're talking best case scenario. They beat Detroit, Chicago, Dallas, Carolina, Jacksonville. Now they're seven and five, going on a five-game win streak of Tampa, Chicago, New Orleans, and Detroit. If they win three of those, they win ten games this season. That to me is the ceiling, and it requires some some serious, you know, seriously unlikely scenarios. For example, Dallas, as bad as they are, they certainly have an offense that can take advantage of a bad defense, which is what, what you got to kind of focus on. We're talking about some seriously terrible corners going up against a wide receiver trio that is unlike any in the NFL right now. Kind of like Tampa last year, although not as good, and Tampa's is terrible now. On top of, you know, Ezekiel Elliott and whatnot. So I don't know that they beat Dallas. If Carolina can hang 31 on Arizona, they can do it to Minnesota. But still, I'm looking at the Vikings as a team that is capped out, more or less, at about 10 wins. And in order to do that, one of the worst defenses in football has to find a way to go 9-3. and By the way, Kirk Cousins, as good as he and his receivers look, I mean, 
he basically completely lost the game to Indianapolis because he completely collapsed. He has a tendency to do that once in a while. Certain situations, certain games, certain teams, the guy just doesn't show up. And we're still talking about a really bad offensive line. And we're assuming Dalvin Cook doesn't get hurt, which is, should not be assumed. Now, if we look at Green Bay and assume we go 4-0 and here, what, what is the floor for the, for the Packers? I mean, without any kind of massive collapse, I, I really think we beat the Buccaneers. I'm pretty positive we're going to beat the Texans. I'm not worried about the Vikings. 49ers, okay, fine. Granted, who knows if they're any good anymore, as banged up as they are. I don't know who's coming back, but let's just say that's a loss. Okay, there's our first loss. Jaguars, no. Colts, maybe. Let's just say by this point in the season, whether it's Houston, Tampa, whatever, we've got two losses. The Bears, I don't think so. The Eagles, probably not. Detroit, I don't think so. Carolina, probably not. Tennessee, maybe. Chicago, no. Are we talking about three losses, like maximum here? I mean, pending a collapse. So, okay, we could lose to the Buccaneers. But then we're talking, what, four losses? I mean, there's some really bad teams here. I mean, the Vikings could possibly win. I mean, if we can't stop their offense from doing what they did to us last time, they score 34 or some odd points and we don't match that, that could be a loss. But there's not a lot. I mean, the Texans are have not won a game. If anything, it's it's getting more favorable by the week. The only teams I'm, I'm worried about are just not doing well. The Buccaneers nearly lost to the Chargers, and I don't know that they've ever looked dominant so far this year. They're banged up. Brady doesn't look all that great. He's throwing picks left and right. Defense is unbelievably overrated. Texans are in full collapse mode. 49ers just lost. Jacksonville is a disaster. The Colts are relatively impressive, but mostly just their defense. They, they don't allow a lot of points, which is scary. But if the Packers can overcome that, how in the world do the Colts keep up with Aaron Rodgers? The answer is they don't. The Bears don't make me laugh. Nick Foles is arguably worse than Trubisky. That was the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. The Eagles are a mess. Detroit is a joke. Carolina's terrible, although we got to keep an eye on them. They're figuring something out. Kudos to uh, Matt Rule over there. But the gap between the, the Packers' floor and the Vikings' ceiling, I'm not too worried about. Then again, we look at the, the other potential threat, we'll call them. The Chicago Bears, after putting up that terrible performance against the Colts, I don't think they beat Tampa. That puts them at 3-2. and two. Let's say they beat Carolina. They're going to lose to the Rams, so they're 4-3. and three. Probably lose to the Saints. Four and four. Between Tennessee and Minnesota, let's say they lose one, win one, five and five, lose to the Packers, five and six, beat Detroit, six and six, beat Houston, lose to Minnesota, seven and seven, beat Jacksonville, lose to Green Bay, eight and eight, with a ceiling around 10 wins again, which I don't know exactly how they get there. I suppose if they beat the Vikings, I, I, don't, I really don't see a scenario where they beat the Packers. That is one of the least the teams I'm least afraid of. Their offense has no ability to stay in front of the Packers. It really would come down to their defense completely shutting Green Bay down, and at the clip they're currently going. Don't save this quote for later if the Packers' offense completely falls off. Oh, I thought you said... No. Packers' offense, as it currently is, the Bears' defense is not shutting down, and and even if they get to 28 points, the Bears aren't going to keep up with that. Not the way they're currently playing. Well, they already scored... Yeah, yeah, I know. Nick Foles looks like putrid hot garbage. He was 26 of 42 for 249 yards, 5.9 yards per attempt, a touchdown, a pick, passer rating of 76.4, QBR 42.5. Allen Robinson did crack 100 yards because this guy's trying to drag a football team. Kudos to him. Darnell Mooney, who was apparently just a, a freak. I'll be honest, I don't even remember 
saying Darnell Mooney's name when doing draft prep for this, but he's consistently graded out as one of the better receivers. I don't think that's going to drop. He was the second best receiver in this game. He's already seemingly better than Anthony Miller. I don't know how that happened, but five catches for 52 yards. J.J. wanted me to look up run blocking yesterday. Darnell Mooney's one of the best run blockers, uh, wide receivers in football. So I, you know, kudos to uh, the Bears for drafting Mooney, who, again, I've already mentioned, the dude's pretty good at drafting. He should probably stop giving away all his draft picks for guys like Khalil Mack and trading up for bums like Trubisky and everything. Save your draft picks, dude. You do a good job. You just give them all away. I don't understand why you do that. Speaking of David Montgomery, also not the worst in the world. Although his ability to run in this game was just zero. Ten, 10 carries, 27 yards. Yikes. But he did have 30 receiving yards. Just just offensive, just terrible. Offensive nightmare, offensive joke. He held Phillip Rivers to 190 yards. Leading rusher had 68 yards. I didn't think Jonathan Taylor looked all that good. Leading receiver had 58 yards, and that was Zach Paschal. I mean, this should have been a win, man. But, again, offense sucks. Such is the life of a Chicago Bears fan. But yeah, as of right now, I, I, I think it's reasonable to assume, and this only is if the Vikings can keep the offense humming at this level, because again, the defense is horrible. The Vikings could surpass the Bears, but we're talking about 10-ish wins as the ceiling for NFC North teams not named the Green Bay Packers. I mean, this, I mean every, this is, you want to talk about laying, rolling out the red carpet for the Packers, man. This is the year. This is it. I mean, just, just smash the gas. Be responsible. Don't go out and do stuff and end up getting COVID. Please stay indoors. Stay in your hotel rooms. Wash your hands. Whatever you got to do. That's, that's number one. Don't go out having a good old time. Stay studying. Work hard because it's it's just they're rolling out the red carpet for you, man. The NFL is just a mess. Now, there's, there's going to be obstacles. By the time you get to the Super Bowl, we're talking about the Chiefs or the Ravens or some kind of really difficult team. But the NFC North, man, or the NFC in general is just kind of, eh. The NFC East is just an, a, a perennial joke at this point. The best team right now is the Eagles. The, the Eagles. Remember how terrible they are? They're one win, two losses, and a tie. That one tie is what put them ahead of even the Dallas Cowboys. Are you as stunned by that as I am? <laughs> it seems like the Dallas Cowboys are by far the best, and they're in a division where everybody's trash. Maybe the Giants are second, then the Eagles, then Washington. It's probably like in my mind how I would sort that out. Nope, the Eagles are the best as far as their record. Absolute joke. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are winning the NFC South. That should be the Saints, but the Saints are just in implosion mode, trying to stay afloat. The Panthers are waking up now with two wins. Panthers somehow have tied the Saints. The Falcons are 0-3. Tampa Bay, again, I don't think they're that good, but they're going to run away with this thing at this point. The only somewhat scary division is the NFC West, and it's the Seahawks, who I genuinely think you put a good team up against them. I think they're going to get beat up on. They have, I'm telling you, Russell Wilson is a top-tier guy, but that defense is seriously problematic. But right now, it's basically the Seahawks and the Rams. Um, San Francisco is kind of a, we'll see what happens with them, but right now they're at the bottom of the division with the Arizona Cardinals at 2-2. Two and two. Assuming the Packers win this game, the Seahawks and the Packers are the only undefeated team, and um, I mean, the Packers are well on their way to getting the only bye in this new little setup where only one team gets a bye. They're well on their way, and there's not much standing in their way. Of the teams that I'm genuinely afraid of, we don't play any of them. We don't play the Rams, we don't play the Seahawks, we don't play the Chiefs, we don't play the Ravens, 
We don't play the Bills. We don't play the Steelers. Those are the only teams that are like kind of dominant right now. We play none of them. And if this is a legitimate powerhouse, playing basically zero powerhouses this year, the one being the 49ers who are completely crippled right now and again are at 500, I mean, we should be talking about a floor of 13-3. and Again, that's assuming the Packers want to step up and be that team. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers were dominant last year. They lost one game that they shouldn't have, and that was unfortunately to the Falcons. Otherwise, they lost to the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Seahawks. All pretty understandable games. Look at the Saints. Man, I tell you what, the Falcons are just... This is really annoying me. The Saints lost to good teams, except the Falcons. (laughs) And I guess the Rams, who were not very good last year. But, you know, I mean, they played Carolina, they won. They played the Titans, they won. They played the Colts, they won. They played the Falcons, the one time they won. Panthers, they won. The Bucks, they won. The Cardinals, they won. Again, the Bears, the Jaguars, the Bucks, the Cowboys, the Seahawks. They had a really easy schedule last year, if you look at it. Most of these teams were terrible, with the exception of the Seahawks. And what did they do? They won. That's how they got to where they were. You have a relatively easy schedule. We rolled out the red carpet. You just beat the guys in front of you. Hopefully along the way, you're getting better. You're getting, you know, probably not healthier, but just keep winning. Lay it all on the line against the Falcons, as though your season depended on it. It certainly doesn't, and I don't see any way we lose the division, but as though... Your season depended on it. Throw everything, the entire bookshelf, at the Falcons. Because this is serious business. We need to be 4-0. Then we go into the bye. We're undefeated still going into week 6. We come out of this bye week extremely healthy. Having had an extra week to game plan against Tom Brady, we beat the Buccaneers. We beat the Houston Texans. That's two road games. And we're undefeated. We come back home to face the Minnesota Vikings. We should be 7-0 going to face the 49ers. And we'll have to reevaluate where they're at. No excuse to lose to the Jaguars. The Colts are beatable. I was I was very worried about the Colts. I'm not as worried anymore. I really thought they'd be a better running team. We'll see. Maybe Jonathan Taylor gets humming at that point. But uh, quarterback has looked less impressive than I expected. We'll see. Again, Bears, Eagles, Lions. It's just, I think we have a, the potential of beating 13-3. and three. Matt LaFleur can, can go above 13-3 and three in his second year. And then beyond that, again, we have to face the NFC in the playoffs. And if we get that bye, which I hope we do, we're going to face the lower-seeded teams. So the way this is this is laid out, you've got six wild-card teams going at it. And in order to make sure the, uh, the, the bye week guy doesn't go up against a good team, the way you've got this seeded, which depending on how this shakes out, it may not be most optimal, but for example, you have the number two seed going up against the number seven seed. You have the three seed going up against the six seed, and then you have the four and the five seed going at it. The number one guy is seeded to go up against the four and five seed. The reason they don't go up against one of the other guys is because, well, obviously, if you go up against the matchup with the seven and the two seed, presumably the two seed's going to win, and you're going to have to go up against the two seed. I don't think it works that if the seven seed wins, you go up against the number one seed. That doesn't seem to be the way this bracket is set up. Meaning, the number four and number five seed go up against the number one seed. So we're talking about worst-case scenario, you go up against the number four seed. Who's the fourth-best NFC team right now? The Bucks? Maybe the 49ers, if they kind of get it figured out, get healthy again, stop losing all these games. Maybe the Cardinals, if they stop sucking, but I doubt it. I mean, if if the second-best team is Seattle, that's the two seed. If we're assuming the Packers are one, Seattle's two, the Rams would be probably three. Although, that you would have to go by division, wouldn't you? That might suck a little bit, because then it would be Seattle's two, Tampa's three. Philly <laughs> would be four. 
then the five seed would be the Rams, who would smash the living daylights out of Philly, and we'd have to go up against the Rams. So that could kind of suck, but whatever. Anyways, point is, I'm, I'm not very scared of the NFC. I think we beat the Rams. I think we beat Seattle. I think we beat Arizona, San Francisco, Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Detroit, Minnesota, and Chicago. The teams that I'm genuinely concerned about our, our ability to actually beat them would be the Kansas City Chiefs, the uh, Baltimore Ravens. That that might be it. Not Still not 100% sold on Buffalo. Their defense is just not doing well enough. So it becomes can Mr. Air it out and Stephon Diggs, which is pretty much what we got with Kirk Cousins and Stephon Diggs. It was a quarterback that launched it down the field to Stephon Diggs. We've been there except they don't have as good of a run game, and they certainly don't have as good of a defense this year as the Vikings have had in past years. Um, And then there's the Steelers, who, you know, could be scary. I don't know. But they're all AFC teams. So bottom line is, and again, a lot of stuff can change. The Packers may start to collapse. The Vikings might really ramp it up and become a dominant team. They get the D. Who knows what's going to happen? But as it stands right now, again, rolling out the red carpet. This is a race with the Seattle Seahawks for the number one seed, and that's it. And with Seattle's defense being as bad as it is, and I know the Packers' defense isn't much better, but as bad as Seattle's defense has been, I think we got it in the bag, man. Anyways, I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Monday. Super jacked up for this Packers game. Make sure you get rested up. Do what you got to do. If you start feeling sick, I understand. It happens. Maybe just it's not going to work tomorrow. There's a bug going around. I understand if you need to take the day off, given the environment we're in, if you're feeling a little stuffy, you got the sniffles, cough, it's best for you to just isolate for 24 hours. I'm just letting you know. Just throwing that out there. But anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic Monday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.